0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Ark Soccer Collective Podcast. Uh as always, I'm your host, Curtis Adi.
1: Uh, Mike Cagle. Josh Peru. Wendell.
0: Alright, so we got a lot to go over, guys. We're gonna start with the NWSL and uh the uh emerging accusations against a coach for the uh, North Carolina courage, Paul Riley. Right now he's being accused of verbal abuse and sexual coercion against from against from twelve different women. Uh I guess I'll start this one off. I feel like it's a big blow for the NWSL because, me personally, I do follow the NWSL to an extent. I won't say I follow it religiously, but of all the things that they could cover, they could have press on. This is the worst thing. I think it sets the league back a little bit, and it's gonna be what we it's gonna be what we now look at the league for or what we know the league as by until they can find something else to, uh, you know, have a better story about. Just a a very sad situation um there's been a lot of comments i'm gonna go around and see how you guys feel about it first before i just actually dive into how i feel what do you think uh cable uh
1: it's just it's one of those things that you you were continuously hearing about right in, in different forms of sports right yeah um pr- both professional athletes and then as well as like esports as well right it, and it's it's one of those things where it's so rampant and it we just have to do a better job of vetting people because it's this people that are being accused of this stuff. It's not something that they just one day go and decide that they're going to do right. They obviously have a history of doing this. This is like a personality trait, in in my opinion. So it, it comes down to the people putting these these people in positions of power and influence need to do a better job of, of vetting and, and kind of doing their research on them. So these these situations start to to kind of recess. Because, like you said, it's going to detract from the overall, you know, lure allure of the league. Um, and, like you said, we're gonna—it's going to be what NWSL is known for now. It's what they're in the spotlight for, and it's—it's it's not good for for the, for the league itself or USSF, in my opinion.
0: Definitely bad for the USSF for real, because they've are like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. They're in the middle of a of middle of turmoil with the U.S. Women's National Team for not having fair wages, and now you have to deal with this. And, uh, what do you think, Wendell? Um, yeah, I mean, I, just like Cable said, you know, it's
2: it's it sucks to see, you know, it, it and it feels like this this, this situation where you know um, the sexual abuse, the, the sex scandals in in women's sports and all sports, it seems like it's just not getting any better. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a problem that's running rampant, and you know, the people in charge really need to take a deep look at. You know their own values and morals and you know not their not their pockets and they need to look at you know is this is this right um you know what can i do to prevent this this from happening again um and they're they're not doing that it looks like it really looks like the u.s hates women's soccer as a whole like it looks like they just hate them
0: very true so,
3: um well i thought it it had been going on for a while right and yeah, I'm pretty sure they were notified, like the officials were notified of his behavior, but they didn't do anything about it, right?
0: Yeah, and when that's, I, I think, reading. part of why the uh, commissioner stepped down. Um, I did hear also that there was three other accused coaches with the sa- with similar situations. Right. So it feels like it's, again, a long way from being over, but yeah. I
3: mean, it, it's it's a hidden culture. In, uh, and just in... Business industry and in, I mean, soccer in the U.S. is a business, so, I mean, it's like any other um, corporation having these problems. It's just, you need to crack down on it before it gets to the media. That's the thing. And these people need to be taken care of before, you know, it's it goes on to social media. Once it goes on the social media, like it's just downward spiral. For the for public the, opinion, at that point. for the for the organization, yeah.
0: And I mean, like I said to begin with, the NWSL probably is, is going to be hard for the NWSL, NWSL to back to to come back from this. It's going to be a lot of. It's going to have to have a lot of changes in order for that to happen. It'll
3: probably just be a whole other league altogether. Yeah, so I mean, this,
0: this is what try number three in the U, the U.S. for women's yeah. league. Yeah. Yeah. So it, this kind of like. You have to rebrand after this, in a sense, because it's...
3: And honestly, I think the reason that it's not handled is because it's some of the best coaches that are accused of this. Like, wasn't Paul one of, the, like, the biggest names in the NWSL?
0: Yeah. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. He had I, I followed well. certain players, but I couldn't follow coaches. He had,
2: he had like, he had coach of the year a few years ago. Um, they won the title a, few, like a couple years ago. Yeah. Like Yeah. He's one of the big, big-name coaches.
0: Uh, yeah, and I mean that's that's fine and dandy, but at the same time, doesn't matter who you are when it comes to situations no, like I this. No, I agree.
3: Yeah, I'm just saying. I think that's part of the reason why it wasn't yeah. taken care of. Yeah. But uh, Alex Morgan had a lot to say about it, obviously. Uh, and
0: not to not to uh, detract from the story, but in my opinion, when it comes to supporting women's soccer, it's it's hard to get people on board with the U.S. Women's National Team if you don't have the NWSL backed, and it's hard. It's going to be even harder to back the NWSL with this type of situation because nobody's nobody's going to want to watch a league like that. like I'm just thinking of a casual fan. They're like, "Oh, that's the league where they're abusing women and stuff." No, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch that. That's they they don't want to have that on their conscience when they support the league and say, "Well, they're you know doing this and that," and we're just sitting here watching these girls play soccer and not knowing what they're going through in practice or. Outside of practice, or in like a training in a training room or whatever, but again, just a very sad situation, and it sucks to have to lead off to with something like this on our podcast. But it's one of those things that has to be mentioned, and you hope it gets better for the sake of the league and for the sake of women's soccer. Because personally, I think there's so many great stories in women's soccer we don't talk about. Like Dennis Rodman's daughter plays in the NWSL, and we don't really speak about that. That's a cool story that could help is bring a beast. <laughs> that could bring, yeah. that could bring, positive light to the NWSL. But we have to talk about this, and this is what's on the Today Show. This is what's on like mainstream media, not just soccer
3: media. So, no, you know, hope it. Well, that's part of the culture in America. That's why. I'm sure uh, the Women's Premier League over in uh, England's talked about all the time. You just don't hear about it over uh, here.
0: I don't know. I've kind of tried to follow the English Premier League, the Women's English Premier League. I don't. I think it's in the same boat as the NWSL. There's not a lot of support for it. Maybe more support than the NWSL, but it's still not a lot compared to what the soccer culture is in England. You know. I was gonna say.
2: Uh, I feel like. I, I feel like a, a lot of American players are now going over to England to play just because they probably think. I mean, from what I see on the outside looking in,
3: probably seems a lot better. I would rather watch the the women's. I mean, I have watched a few games, but I'd rather watch them play yeah, than in the U- u.s i feel like, I I feel like this is why it's just...
2: this is why they're going over because of this mistreatment that they see happening or they hear about happening and you know they're why, would I, why am i gonna
0: go through this why am i gonna be put through this well i'm gonna well, just to leagues. give a little just to give a little pushback to sprue i wouldn't watch english Premier league women's Premier league over the NWSL because the best soccer players come from the united states in women's soccer so i would hope that the league would be big enough to support itself in a sense. But, I mean, I get where you're coming from because you think of, like, the English Premier League when, where it's dominant, the culture is, grab, is breathtaking. But Well, I think it's also,
3: but it's very, I would say, diverse. I mean, I guess it is the USL is diversified as far as, like, country and where they came from. But yeah. the Premier League is even more diversified. That's true. I mean, there are a lot of English women playing in it, but I feel like they... Literally pick from all over the world, just like the Premier League does. I mean, true. But
0: from a business standpoint, I feel like there's no reason the best league in women's soccer shouldn't be in the U.S. Oh, I agree, 100%. Based on, we on how we have dominated the sport it. in so long, yeah I, yeah. I mean, there should be money, not equivalent to the MLS, but somewhat close to it, being in putting the marketing for the women's soccer league. In my opinion, I'd,
3: just I'd rather watch the women's national league play, like a, and rather than the MLS. To be honest. Per
0: true. A lot of true. Lot of I mean, I'm a big MLS fan, so I won't go ahead and say that I would do the same. But at the same time, I do see where you're coming from. It's more interesting because they have better storylines than the MLS. But that's another that's another kind of argument for another day because the, the MLS has that same problem where they don't market their players as well, well enough to have that type of interest built in this country.
1: Yeah. Yep. The league's still young as well.
0: But uh, moving on to uh, another story in Europe. Uh, well, not another story. The same story, just a different different line to it, I guess. Uh, UEFA, again in court, trying to get the judge removed that uh, banned them from make, having any discipline on Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Juventus. The only three teams that, to my knowledge, didn't back out of the Super League. And um, for me... I just think this is one of those things where we, even when we didn't really, the podcast wasn't really going when, we, when the Super League started, but it just goes to the bigger issue that UEFA wants to be, wants to play victim on this Super League thing so bad. And yeah, maybe the Super League is something that's uh, that steps on the foot of the Champions League, but to come back and be this petty about a league that isn't even happening anymore, to me, it just shows you why, UA, why the Super League was needed, and why we need to break away from the old ways of soccer and get into a new age of soccer where it's better. Because as dominant as, as dominant and as great as the European soccer leagues are, it's still in the Stone Age. It's just like the MLB; they don't do anything to progress. They just know they're going to make their money at the end of the day. And this and this injunction that they're trying to file is just another case of that where it's over. Super League's done, but you want to hurt Barcelona, you want to hurt Real Madrid, you want to hurt Juventus so bad that they can't come back from it to send a message to the rest of Europe, don't ever try this again.
3: When they're already hurting. When they're already hurting. (laughs) They're hurting bad right I'm pretty
1: sure Barcelona doesn't have any more money to hand out for (laughs) for fines and fees, you know what I mean, they're struggling. But but it's one of those things, right, UEFA wants to be the end-all and be-all, right, like we talked about last week, they want to get a hand in the World Cup it's 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 for me at the end of the day it's them trying to further grease their palm right they have these these brands like you just said of real madrid juventus and barca these are global brands they're going to remain global brands and they know it but they they're trying to set the tone of yeah you tried it don't try it again sort of thing so we're going to try and punish these three clubs that never backed out but the thing with the super league for me is and the one of the pages i follow brought this up is uh, the majority of the teams that were supposed to be involved in the Super League this weekend, either lost or drew, right? Real Madrid lost, Barcelona lost. Only two of the "quote unquote" big six of England won, right? So it's how are you supposed to have this this Super League when when these teams can't even compete, you know, unopposed in their domestic leagues? Yep. So,
0: I I mean, my, my response to that is yeah, they lost their games, and I mean, but Real Madrid, like you said last week, Real Madrid is always going to be Real Madrid, yeah, no matter absolutely. who's on the team. So. They're going to bring in the numbers no matter how bad or good they are. So I don't think that – I mean, even with Arsenal, Arsenal struggled at the beginning of the season. They're still somewhat struggling. Still <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> Grow up with <window. laughs> uh, But okay. it's, still, it's still those teams – we know those teams. Those teams are household names. So that's a part of why that Super League would have made – sense. and honestly, I'm not even saying the Super League would have worked. I'm just saying it would have shook up soccer where – it could have changed the landscape entirely, and we could, from the ashes of it, could have been built a more superior, better league. Conspiracy theory: Kurt thinks that if the Super League had happened, it would have destroyed European soccer altogether, and all those players would have came to the United States.
1: That been would ended. oh no, no, you're no hold on hold, no. on, hold on,
0: let me explain, let me explain to you. <laughs> Let's hear it. All right, so when the Super League originally took place. I thought to myself, oh, they're going to take them out the World Cup. They're going to take them out all this. And I was like, well, maybe the Super League will work for a couple of years, but then these players will get antsy and want to move and go somewhere else outside of the Super League, and then there's no really good options out there because all those good teams were in the Super League already. Right. So what I thought was billionaires, the MLS would be smart enough. I mean, the MLS, that's that part of the equation is a little iffy, but the MLS would have been smart enough to bring in billionaire investors to then get all these players, the Mbappes, the Jack Grealishes, the Romano Lukaku's all to come to different teams in the MLS and then you have the most entertaining league in the world. We don't care about the Champions League anymore. We don't care about the World Cup anymore because all the players are playing in the NBA of soccer. You know what I mean?
1: I'm going to play devil's advocate here. So after, so obviously these teams that they all play for are, you know, very famous clubs that the kids grow up dreaming of playing of. Okay, so after yeah. no, after notoriety in terms of teams and competitiveness, what's the next thing players look for? Money. Who's the richest league right now in the world outside of you know the the European ones that are players are going over and getting paid in? China. Exactly. I feel like they would have been the ones to pick up the pieces. I think the thing that MLS would have had over them is marketability in terms of cities. Right, the New Yorks, the Miamis, uh, Texas teams, LA, two LA, Gal- yeah, exactly. So I think I don't. I think the the billionaires backing it would have been a pipe dream. I think the thing where we had, would have had going for us was marketability and lifestyle instead of the money thing.
2: And nobody coming to play in Kansas City and Nashville, man. What?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but if you can vacation
0: in Miami every other weekend, why would you yeah. not? Because those um, if they could do that anyway on Instagram. If you follow these players on Instagram, every summer, where do they go? America, go Paul Pogba, Griezmann. All these guys come to Miami. They come to L.A. They come to New York to hang out because they love it here. Yeah. Which, and then there's the tax. And we start on the tax, the tax implications because we don't tax as much as they do over in Europe. So they get more of their money to begin with. It could have worked. And I do think the Super League, even though it's shut down for now, will eventually come back in some other form. And we don't know what will happen from there because, I mean, obviously – this case, this this case they're trying to push through in court, is just them hoping that they can dead it so nobody will ever try it again. I have never seen a video of a European
2: soccer playing soccer player not flying private. I don't think being able to go to Miami every other weekend
0: for them is a problem. But if you could do it easier, why not? You know what I mean? Like think about and also the other portion of it. I mean, it obviously wouldn't last for long if they're all in the MLS. When these players come here, they're not bombarded by by fans like they are over in Europe. Paul Pogba, three, four years ago, was in Central Park, New York working out by himself. Nobody bothered. Him. That's got to be amazing for a, a celebrity to ano- make your money.
1: Another selling point for them would also be family life as well, right? I think it would be easier for them to adjust to an American lifestyle than it would be a, a Chinese or, or a Middle that's Eastern China. lifestyle. 100%, 100%. Yeah. But yeah, that's where I thought
0: the Super League could take soccer. It was... I don't know exactly where the Super League would have took soccer. I don't know if it would have worked all the way, but it was something that was needed because, like I said, it's like the MLB. They don't make any changes in soccer. FIFA and UEFA together don't make any changes in soccer because they don't need to. They're always going to make their money. And anytime somebody else tries to come in and change that, what do they do? They, shut it down. they find a way to shut it down and be petty. And another portion of the Super League thing that we don't really acknowledge is how they try to play the victim that we... That they are the victim when they are never the victim. You a victim, in my opinion. Um, so you said
2: that Super League would have eventually,
0: I guess, overrun the Champions League, right? One hundred percent. Because if not, if those big clubs aren't in the Super League, then That's, you're not going to stay for you're not going to stay for a Champions League final of Villarreal and. Watford. Yeah, but that
2: that takes away so much of the integrity of the game it's like Europa League. We've seen like we we saw Sheriff beat Who did they beat last week in the Premier League? Real Madrid. Real Madrid. Madrid. So I mean, Cost that me takes a, that takes away so much. <laughs> 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 that takes away so much of the integrity of just the history of soccer in itself. Like you're not going to get that when you have a Super League and these top 6 teams are playing each other and beating or tying. Lord knows they tie all the time. If I if I'm gonna watch a game, I mean obviously you want to see somebody win, but like I would I would much rather have that parity in sports than for six to eight teams just to get paid, and then your Champions League is, is diminished. And those smaller clubs that somehow you know make it out of the not, or make it out of you know the group stages, they they don't make that money, so they don't get to better their clubs. It, it kind of takes away like the integrity of of soccer to me
0: is in, in as a in a historical standpoint. How much integrity does European soccer have to begin with, though? Are
2: because because the it's clubs not, I mean yeah the,
0: yeah the clubs. But, I mean the honestly clubs. both because think about it like this: the best teams are always going to be the best teams. There is no yeah. parity in soccer. It's not like how leagues are run here in the U.S., where eventually a team can bring itself up and win a championship. Look at the Bucks for the. Look at the Bucks in the NBA Finals last year. They, nobody saw the Bucks winning this two, four, five uh, years ago. Oh, okay. If I, yeah, you're right. If I, Before, yeah. yeah okay, 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 okay. But in soccer, if you have a team like Leicester City, look what happens. If they won it by a stroke of, of a miracle, honestly, a miracle season that we'll probably never see again. But look what happens to the team after. Everybody went elsewhere. Everybody got bought out. Everybody's how, going to. What are you, not going to take the
1: money? How excited were you, though, to watch Leicester in the Champions League the next year? There. It was exciting because you, you you saw what they did in the Premier League and you said, "Why not? Yeah. Why can't they do it in the Champions League?"
0: So so you're you're saying you're fine waiting another twenty because it's not going to happen anytime soon ever again. Hey
1: hey hey! I think I think, <laughs> we're, I think we're and this is going to be a conversation and a up. topic for another time. <laughs> but I think with the way the game is now, we're seeing the gap close between top teams and bottom teams. Or,
3: yeah, I agree. Or,
1: more and more and more. It's it's that, it's like how March Madness is is where you're seeing more and more upsets. In the bracket and bracket buster so early on, I think the game is kind of catching up to itself, in a sense, right? Top teams will always be top teams; they'll always have the money to buy top players. But at the same time, you're seeing a lot more of the smaller teams, quote unquote, stump these big giant European giants, right? Which I feel just, like just is, think about this, it over the weekend. Champions
2: League football—that's the that's the epitome. Yeah, of and Champions that's League the football. that's the allure, right? Like we talked
1: right. about last week with the World Cup, we want to see these small teams like Estonia. Right all of a sudden upset England, right? We want to see these sheriffs upset, upset Real Madrid. Like, that's, that's the excitement and the passion and the emotion of football yeah. and soccer, right?
0: Yeah, but
2: yeah.
1: It,
0: it, happens, it happens so very little compared to, like, the is like you mentioned. That it's like, is it worth it waiting another five, ten years for Ajax to go into the Champions League and look like they're going to win it all or a, a sheriff beating Real Madrid in a one-off game? Because you know, sheriff, if, if sheriff and Real Madrid run it back, is not going to be the well, same. Well, they will. They will. They the will. Back. They the will. And do you really think they have a
1: chance? I, I'm yeah. not saying that they do or they don't, but yeah. obviously they've done it before. They could do it again, right? Right, That's exactly. I think. I think where the game is now in terms of like analytics of how much teams invest in you know sports science in terms of video in terms of tactics and how accessible it is now. I think it's we're going to start seeing it more and more down the line.
3: I think right. player I think skill think. too is getting very close to one another like top players versus like the bottom player thanks to just like just more connection like you everybody has more connections now i think player skill is like the gap between the best and the worst is slowly dwindling as far as players in a competitive league like the premier League, you don't
2: have messi ronaldo and then straight just everybody else anymore like that i think like that's not right. that's not a thing anymore
0: true but at the same time what does all this matter if there's no real rules and rules in place to create competitive fairness and that's what i'm getting so at with this like you think it would be different
2: in the in the super league because you have to
0: add teams eventually yeah but i think they'll add all the top teams with all the money so the, all the teams with money are playing each other so what are they going to if there's no so those champions there's then. no like france there's no there's no psg versus um Certainly, St. Etienne, where you know where that game's going to go. You're you're playing in a league with 12 other teams that are capable of beating you every week, so you have to come with that competition. I I think the only way to truly have competitive fairness in European soccer is a salary cap. And, I mean, I give La Liga the credit for trying to put a salary cap in, but all of Europe has to do that. And there's no way that's ever going to happen. Yeah,
3: all the big leagues have to do that. But I think they... They could, I mean, I just think they should reformat the UEFA Champions League instead of doing this whole Super League thing anyways in the first place. Because weren't they talking about instead of the group stage, they were going to, it was going to be like, you play 16 or 10 teams or something like that? Yeah, they that's, talked about Champions League
1: restructuring. Yeah. But they didn't start talking about it until... Until after, after the Super League. Yeah. Until, until it was like, oh, hey, pressure. by the way, we've been working on this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not like uh, it. We've been learning about it over time. It was a, yeah. oh snap! Here we have this as a as a as a olive uh, branch in a, a sense. smoke that what it, created, yeah. yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. But it still, I think, is a better way to go about a tournament for soccer, or just a different way. Like even try it in it for a season.
1: If we're talking excitement, right? in in terms of fan enjoyment, obviously Super League is great. We always want to see the big teams play big teams. In terms of the overall health for European soccer, I don't think it would have been a good thing. No. Because it would have it would have stunted the growth of leagues. It would yep. have stunted the growth of players, right? You wouldn't see these these players having breakout seasons against these big clubs because they'd only be playing against the big clubs. You know what I mean? So, I think it from an excitement standpoint, I think it would have been great. I would have loved to watch Real Madrid, you know, play United, play play Liverpool like week in and week out. I think it would be great. It's like it's like uh, FIFA matchups, right? Like, you always play the big clubs against each other. Five-star teams against five-star teams. Awesome. I think in the grand scheme of things, in the terms of overall health of the game over there, I think it would have been terrible. Because you got to think of how many times... So let's say, around play Sheriff, how much money they make for those tickets, yeah. right? And so now we're talking about revenue getting taken away from the smaller clubs as well.
0: I mean, they take away the players. <laughs> like, yeah, they yeah. take away the good players every time they... Every time a star emerges from one of these bad teams, not, I'm not going to say bad team; these lower-seeded teams, you 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 you, you stunt the revenue right. You stunt their revenue growth right there. You just bought the player out of his contract because he has no locked-in contract. There's no rules about their contract structure where you can't per se wait a five years like where you go to like the NBA's or the NFL's, where they're in a contract that locks them in. There's no buyout. There's no you could just buy this guy because he scored ten goals in a season. That's what stunts the revenue. I mean, that's what stunts these small clubs to begin with. In my opinion, if um, Lester had an Angolo Conte for another couple of years, you don't know what they could have been. They could have attracted more players, and when, he was time to, when it was time for him to go, they could have still been a team that could compete for the Champions League. But when yeah, you. T- Lester
3: definitely got picked apart
0: sorry yeah exactly so when you get taken apart like that that also stunts the growth of these teams so why but not I- ix ix got picked
3: apart too
1: but, but I, I mean X- ix X- will always be yeah, ix X- ix is like the dutch southampton they're always X- churning talent out left and right yeah their youth, academy, I- their youth exactly. academy is one of the top talented youth academies I mean, in, really. in europe yes yeah. players players so, players
2: get bought. players get buff from dortmund every year and they yeah.
1: continue to do the same thing i mean they just reload yeah. I, ix they they churned out Luis Suarez. They were okay after Luis Suarez. They turned out Zlatan. They were okay after Zlatan. They they let Donny Vanderbeek go. They'll be okay after him. Right. You know what delete, I mean? They're delete. delete. Yeah, they'll yeah. continue to, to churn out talent left and right just because of the structure that they have in place through their youth academies.
0: Right. Yeah. I I mean, and again, this is why I believe if it if the if the we can say we want about American businessmen, especially like Manchester United as the Glazers, mm. they know how to make money in sports. They know how to make money in sports. That's why I believe at some point the MLS could have taken those players away and created something great. Yeah, I feel like I feel
2: like you would have to have probably one of the best marketing schemes you could you have ever seen to get all those players. Which well, would have taken too. a long time, would have taken years. But I mean,
1: Not only that, but you also have to draw in managers as well because True. I'm sorry, but, you know, Ronaldo's not going to come over here and play for Bruce Arena. Nice. Like, Fact. you know Fact. What I mean? Like, it's not going to happen. Fact. It's not going to happen. You mean Bruce
0: Arena is going to coach? Ronaldo <laughs> be like, oh, this is the guy that tells the team what to do. He's going to be Ted Lasso, essentially. He's like, he
3: tells he tells us what time to be here. I handle the
1: rest. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think there was a lot of intricacies that would have got had to have gone in. Like not only you don't only have to draw in players, but you got to draw in sponsorships. You got to draw in coaching staffs, like full on coaching staffs. It's not just one you know coach behind the scenes. It's it's you know the upwards of ten to fifteen coaches behind the scenes, as well as facilities. Players. What's that? I I
3: I said you have to get rid of existing players as well. Yeah, that as well. And then
1: and then another thing that it becomes is. Where do the youth American players fall into that? Do you do you have to then put in a rule like how with England, like you have to have youth players be like present for your club? You know what I mean? Because then you're stunning the growth of American players because you're bring in all European all talent. European
0: I don't I don't think so because the players an American can go elsewhere and play soccer. Like European soccer won't if the Europe if MLS becomes the dominant figure in soccer, that it, it eventually becomes like how the NBA is here where Are players who aren't good enough to go to the NBA go to Europe and play, and some of them make their way back. Plain and simple. But how many make their way back, though? Some of them make their way back. Some of them will play in the MLS, and I mean, some of them (laughs) will play in the NBA, go to Europe, and come right back after a while. They're not the star players; they're the bench players. But same, same, same thing that happened here for soccer.
3: I think one day, well, this is way off topic, but one day you're gonna, you're gonna have the player that stands out in the MLS. And they're just going to get bought up again and yeah. Yeah. taken to the Premier League or another big league or True. another big team, rather, not a Premier League. But.
0: True, but, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm pro-MLS all the way, and I do want to see the MLS become a dominant player I do too. in sport. It's a long think, way from it, but <laughs> I just think have the made league, great
1: They've made great strides thus far, yeah. if yeah. you look at MLS 10 to 15 years ago or even five years ago. Yeah, they're creating yeah.
0: cultures within yeah. their teams. Like, when I went to that Sounders game, that was an electrifying experience to be in that stadium while they're doing the Viking clap and they're having their own chance. And even Atlanta United, where they actually have their own culture within the game where they're playing live music during the games and doing all their, it's growing, but it has to grow a little bit quicker.
1: Yeah. One of the, one of the credits to them as well, is they took away the whole pay to win or pay to play thing with their youth academies as well.
0: Yeah. So now
1: you're bringing in players that don't have to worry about paying thousands upon thousands a exactly. season yeah. to play for your club. So now you're able to develop youth talent at no cost to them.
0: And you hope that they expand that to the USL as well. So these, youth, these USL pro teams have their academies where they don't have to worry about paying for play. Because yeah. there's no MLS team where we are. There's the Richmond Kickers, and they yeah. could have an academy throughout the whole state of Virginia, in a sense, and bring players on. Those players go to the Richmond Kickers. Those players make their way to D.C. Uniteds. They make their way to whatever MLS team wants to pick them up. You can create the farm system. Yeah. It's just about doing it. And making it affordable, but I do think that's not going to happen without government intervention of some kind.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, in all in
0: all youth
3: sports, it's like that right now, where money is money is how you play. Well, the more you see American players get into the bigger leagues too, I think the more it's going to come back to the U.S. as well. True, like, yeah. but that's I the, mean, it's a very young league, like uh, Mike said. Like the MLS is super young compared to the Premier League. Or what was the Premier League before that? You know, it's yeah. over. What is it? A hundred years old yeah, yet? It's, it's yeah, been a, at it's least. Pretty, yeah. yeah. The Premier
1: League itself is only like. 30, Thirty years, years old, old because it was the yeah. early nineties. But the the English league in and of itself and all the divisions that follow under, you know, hundreds it's of years old. old. Yeah. Or a hundred years old at least. Some clubs.
0: Yeah, I mean, and again, all you got to do is just make the right strides and win a super league. Because again. I keep saying this, but I'm not going to stop saying it. The Super League was just a dress rehearsal for what could come next. Because somebody's going to try this again. Some some group of teams have probably already gotten their meetings with each other. Say, yo, when these guys come out of when these guys come out of FIFA, or UEFA, we're going to try it again. We're going to push it through and see what happens. Because just like just like fans aren't happy with FIFA and UEFA, owners aren't happy with FIFA and UEFA because they feel like they're not being represented well or they're not making as much money as they could be. I mean. It's gonna be it's it's just. A, it's really. It's gonna be all right. the lower level teams. It's gonna be like Burnley versus
2: like <laughs> Portsmouth. You know <laughs> what I think it'll be? <laughs> <You're, yeah. laughs> <laughs> you know what
0: I think it'll be? I think I think Manchester United will be the ones because one they're already hated by their fans.
1: Their the owners. League. The they're, owners. Yeah, they're already yeah, hated the by the Glazers. Yeah, it, and that's so, why you saw them splurge the way they did this summer is because right. they knew they were between a rock and a hard place. Right.
0: Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, all they had to do is that, and the team is back on their, and the fans are back on their side. But the gla- say what you want about the Glazers, they're doing things because they know what can pot- can potentially be they know with what, the they know so- with soccer. League. Yeah, they know business. They might not know soccer, but they know business. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, and it might not it might not mesh well with the European fans' view of soccer, the passion. I get that, but the money is the underlying. The bottom no, there, there's no line like the bottom line. And if there's always gonna if there's ever gonna be money to may, be made, you could best believe the Glazers will be the ones pushing for it. So just a just a personal opinion. I mean, I know people don't like the Glazers. I mean I don't see anything wrong with it, to be honest. I think So Americans something
2: it's so something, American. something, it's so American.
1: something 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 took a loan against the club, haven't paid it back. <laughs> something
0: something <laughs> It is what it is. But well, let's move on. <laughs> To, uh some of the games that you guys saw over the past week that you like. Let's start with uh youth window.
2: Um all right, I'm going to say the PSG game. Just as like it made them seem so human. It made, rain, seem, it, made, it made them seem so it made them seem so human. All right, pitiful. It was pitiful. pitiful. It was pitiful. Bro, honestly, they look PSG looked like us when we were 12. They were skying shots. They were missing flicks. You know, well, they were like y'all when y'all was twelve. I didn't miss shots. Or, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> sure, sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Messi had two close free kicks, but like when it when hit the crossbar, which is all right. It, was, it happens. But they were, you know, passes were misplaced in the box. You know, um, on the one goal Mbappe scored, he was sides Like he was running back. And I don't know. It just it looked. It looks
1: (laughs) sad. I got a question for you, Wendell. Yeah. Yeah. In in relation to the game, do you think it's one of those situations because they lost two nil and it was no shot registered statistically on target, right? Uh, right. Crossbar doesn't count as on target. Right. Lost two nil, statistically no, no shot on target. Does it come down to all those players and only one ball or does it come down to Pochettino's not the man for the job?
2: I'm going to say all those players, one ball because this is the only their first loss. Um, I agree. And who knows if uh, Neymar had taken the second free kick, you know, what the outcome would have been, or if he had taken the first one, you know, or um, if Messi was making those runs into the box instead of Mbappe, you know, Uh, it's, it's, I definitely think it's too many players on one ball.
0: It's looking like this team could be done by January, to be honest with you.
1: And I think, I think with that's what question. you said last week, it's, I think there's bad blood behind the scenes because Mbappe came out, I just saw, I think it was on ESPN FC saying that he did want to leave during he the did. summer and he tried to get out during the summer and he tried to get a, a, like a high transfer fee for it. So I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes that isn't being told by the media in terms of, and that's creating a disconnect between those players with Neymar. Like you said last week when Neymar came in and he started getting fed the ball.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I, think there, I think there's a lot more to it than we're actually seeing on the pitch and that's leading to... Because with that front, that front four or front three, whenever they're on the pitch, please, with Varadi behind him in the midfield, like there is what? no reason you're losing two nil or not registering a shot on target. Every there day, it should yeah. be four
0: unless you're playing Bayern
1: Munich. Dude, the, the creation possibility there is like the ceiling is it's way up there endless. of what you can produce endless. with that raw talent and and creativity and experience on the field, right? Because you should be able to, even if they go down 2 now, like you should be able to dig that out with those players that you have. Like you have players that have been in those situations right. that can lead you through it, right? Even in their and, back. It's line. just and there's something there's something deep that we're not being told yet, and yeah. I I think, like you said, by January, it's really going to come to a head, and you're going to start hearing about it. I, th- I think, but to be fair, mm.
0: to be fair, with Mbappe wanting to leave, I think that had more to do with after the Europa the European uh, sorry the Euro Cup everybody piling on him, telling him he needs to leave France, and he needs to go play everywhere. Like, Nicholas Nelka, I, I love Nicholas Nelka, I did not like his comments on Mbappe, telling him he needs to go play somewhere else, because France isn't where you play to become a star. It's like, y- he's already a star. Like, the, he's, he's, he's already, already he a star, one. he's already solidified. Yeah. I'm sure whatever league he goes to, he's still going to be the same Kylian Mbappe, because he's that great of a soccer player. Look at him in the World Cup, when he basically announced himself to the world, he was, he's a, the I I I don't think he should leave PSG. I think PSG is his team, and I would love to see him stay there and stick it out for years. But I know that's just not realistic at this point. I agree. I do I do think this team has too many problems when it comes to Neymar and Mbappe, and that's the main that's the main problem. And again, like we said last week, when you bring Messi, and that doesn't help the situation at all. So is Messi the problem? You, no, he's not the problem. He's the best player in the world. That's that's what it is. But that's the issue. The team was fine before he got there. Exactly, but you don't. I don't care what team you are. If you have an opportunity to get Messi, you get. Messi. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I'm saying, so I, it's possible that he could have.
2: He could be the problem, which I don't know for sure. But like, is that they were fine? That, they were fine before he got there. Granted, you can't. They fine because there. because Messi. I mean, because
0: Neymar and Mbappe, that beef goes back a couple years. Really? I mean, they seem cool to me. I don't know. <laughs> they play cool on social media but i, I don't like know if you God guys remember yeah. a couple years back when they were celebrating i forgot what french trophy it was where mbappe just pushed his name out of the way when he wasn't at the game playing in the game but he was trying to celebrate yeah. with that they've had problems for a while it may be coming to a head
1: now but again yeah. i think it's too many cooks in the kitchen dude too too many cooks I mean, in the everybody kitchen. wants to say it's my team and at the end of the day, when everybody's trying to do that and trying to trying to dictate how they play towards them, it's gonna, it's there's gonna be a, immense disconnects.
0: And then you got to think about the vets like Sergio Ramos and Messi, of course. Like when these young guys are trying to be the guy, and you're like, I've seen way better players than you on the field. You're not gonna tell me what, the, like especially Ramos. I'm, I'm even Di Maria. Has he played? Di Maria as well.
3: Did Ramos play though? Uh, Has he played yet for them? I think he's played, but I don't think he played. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't seen him play. But Not still, when that either. guy,
0: he's still in the locker room and he's probably thinking, what, they, what, what, can, what can they say to me? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yep.
2: I mean, even then, like, even their back line didn't look good. Like, the, the first goal that was scored, or no, the second goal that was scored, my man's was in the box wide open. Their defense looked like this. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was still, it just looked bad all around. You have Marquinhos, think... Kempembe. You know, um, Hakimi played, uh, you know, how 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 do you look so disorganized all over the field like they do, like in a, in a club that's quality as theirs? They just And that's time. why I asked
1: you, do you think it was as a Posh thing or do you think it's a player yeah. thing because of how unorganized it did look at times and how chaotic it did look at times? Yeah, I, th-
2: I think it was more of a player thing. They just, they, they've played better.
0: So, I don't, I don't know. But what can Posh really do? And honestly, what coach
3: can yeah. control this many stars? Well, I think what really is wrong with PSG is you have, like y'all are saying, all these big names on the field, right? And the higher-ups are just buying them left and right, but they have to play together for a while, you know? They've been in totally different teams, playing against one another at that, you know? Like, Ramos and Messi, I mean, for a long time, they were, like... Most of their careers. (laughs) Rivals. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I know Ramos hasn't played, but... I think you just need to give like the big stars time to like work together like Ronaldo and Messi on the same team I feel like they would probably clash at the same time but who knows you know
0: I'm looking for a little pushback on that too I think they actually are better
3: friends than they would like to lead
0: on no I think they're
3: I agree they're friends I just don't think that they would play
0: I think at this point maybe in their earlier earlier stages in their career yes this point yeah. in their career where they're in their late 30s, they only got a couple of years left, it would be like, man, you got this? Nah, I know this. Go ahead. If you, they were, It would be that kind of gentleman, gentlemanly interaction with each other. They've Messi's been they the man. They just need more time. Yeah, I think I think so too. Like, Messi's been the man on his team
2: for so long. There are probably so many intricate little things that he likes or doesn't like, and it's probably easier to get that out of players that don't have as big of an ego. So I think that, that has something to do with it too.
1: Yeah, you got to yeah. think teams were built around Messi. Were, the the system right. was built around Messi, right. and now he's in a system. It's not Messi anymore. Yeah, it's everybody that was there before you. Like if, when he got. If you do
3: many cook, if you swap Messi with Ronaldo, Mbappe would listen to him one hundred percent. Oh, for time. sure. For yeah, sure, I, I, agree. I agree. Right, I, agree. I know <laughs> I that's that. what I'm saying. I, agree that. <laughs> yeah. I mean. But.
0: But at the same time, you still have to respect Messi as a player because there's nobody in the world that compares, except Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, But, I mean,
3: I think they probably should have let Mbappe leave. Let him leave and then get another striker in. Because Neymar and Messi had already played together. Yep. And you know how well they played together. together. Yeah, Di Maria and Messi already played together. All you need is a solid striker. If they would have picked up Suarez... Oh, it would have just been oh, them all, all over again, or
1: Aguero. Yeah, or Aguero. Would been
3: yeah. Barcelona 2.0, I
0: guess. Yep. But
1: yeah, MSN. exactly. Yep. Yeah, that would have been nice to see Suarez back there again. That'll but be, it,
0: it's, it's just a weird. It's 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 a weird couple of days for the PSG because they had just came off the Man City game where, you know, you thought it was you thought it was figured out, but it, clearly it's not.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna do- go ahead and say say it. But I mean, honestly. Aside from Mbappe's speed, like I don't see him as I don't see him as the best in the world ever over Holland. Oh, I don't either. Holland either. has it all. I'm gonna agree with you. I disagree. am gonna agree with you. I,
0: I think he's the I think he's the best striker in the world. I, I, don't think know, the
3: man. Be, I think he's Ronaldo's the I think Ronaldo's the best striker in the world. Ronaldo's more of a I'm talking a
0: full on <laughs> attacking
3: you sure you're about a
1: complete striker.
0: Yes, I think the I think he's the best striker we've seen since Brazilian Ronaldo.
1: So you're. So you're telling me, if you're drafting a team and you got to fill your number nine, you're grabbing Mbappe? Yes. Over Lewandowski? Over, I was, yes. That's what I was thinking. Over, a, Holland. Was thinking. over, over a Holland. Holland. Over, over Holland. Louis no. that's over crazy. Luis Suarez. Over Luis Suarez. Over Lukaku. His, over a prime Ibrahimović. Over, oh, of course over Ibrahimović. Over a prime, a prime,
0: prime Wild. Prime Trogba. yes. Yes.
1: Wild. I don't know, man. He's, to say he's, to say he's <laughs> the, best, the, the best out and out nine since... R9 is kind of because there have been a lot of quality strikers. I don't rate him better than, than Prime Sergio Aguero. Prime Sergio Aguero or Prime Su- Liverpool Suarez? Are you kidding me? That was a menace with the ball at his feet. You need to leave. When he, when he tied uh, the <laughs> league record for goals in the Prem, dude, I'm taking, I'm taking Mbappe
0: over every single last oh person that isn't Brazilian Ronaldo. That isn't that's, and a, simple. That's, that's a statement. Okay. That's a that's statement. Okay. statement. Plain and simple because he's one, he's still young. How old is he? Twenty, 22?
2: 22? twenty-two. At twenty-two, the
1: thing—the thing for Mbappe with me is I—I I feel like his game relies completely around his athleticism. So the thing that I'm gonna have to see is—is is he gonna be able to do what Cristiano did and change his game to adapt to his physicality? That's like what people said about because, Giannis. Exactly.
0: he's—he's he's got it's, time. It's, to, he's got time to adjust. You do it like that. Have have but I'm saying
1: that's. If if he's gonna be rated as one of the top strikers of all time, because now if you're rating him higher than R nine, then you're rating him as one of the greatest players of all time, because R nine is arguably one of the greatest players of all time, right? So he has to have longevity in his career, right? Yeah. And 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 be able to fit into multiple teams with multiple star players like R nine did with the Galacticos. Agreed. So if you can't perform with this version of PSG Galacticos, are you with really this- one of the top? players of all time. You know what but I mean? This
0: team but this team has a lot of problems that aren't necessarily Mbappe's problem. It's the team's problem as a whole. I'm sure Ronaldo's had times where he's been frustrated with the his coaches or his For teammates sure. and it's been show I mean we I might not be old enough to remember it. I remember of course, I remember the Madrid Ronaldo, but we don't. I don't. I wasn't into the storylines back then. I was just into well, the game. The game the wasn't
1: as as accessible either in terms exactly. of exactly. Yeah, right? for, especially for us media. in America.
0: Yeah, we, in all, we We didn't see everything happening in right. European soccer, except for like a couple games. So we don't know if Ronaldo had these problems going up unless we do a little bit of diligence research and go back and see if there's some headlines about that. But with Mbappe, you see this guy. You see the problem on the field. He gets you goals. He gets you goals all the At time. Not this weekend
3: one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna just I'm gonna just
1: key that up to he's young. So was Holland. Yeah. And Holland, Holland bags him left and right, Everybody's dude. Right. Holland is playing. Holland. Assisting. And I, think, team I think Holland's a better all-around striker and player. He, yeah. I think you can drop him into any one of the top programs in Europe right now, and he will bag you goals. And he's the, not Harry Kane, where he and, needs a system built around him. In the
3: Bundesliga, athletically, yeah. And he has the size. And has I the don't size. think so. He just doesn't have that speed. He's got pace. Oh, his pace oh, he's is ridiculous. Fast. He's crazy fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at Dortmund, he's, he, it works.
0: I think at a couple other bigger clubs, it will work as well. I'm not saying he's a terrible player. Don't get me wrong. But I do think if you put him in certain situations, it just wouldn't work out for him at all. I don't think Real Madrid will work
1: out for Holland at all.
0: I, I think it depends on what don't
1: tools think. they put around him. Is I don't think the, it fits him. I don't think it fits him at all. We have to in terms of the style of play or in terms of him being the focal point.
0: The style of play, the focal point part as well, because I I I feel like there's going to be somebody that comes along that's going to be the new Madrid star, and it's not going to be Erlen Holland. It's going to be somebody, maybe not Kamavinga either. I just want to. hey watch out. <laughs> I watch think
3: about. Kamavinga <laughs> and Mbappe would work well together. I do too. I think Mbappe belongs at Real Madrid right now like if they had him I think he'd be better than he is He's at right PSG now. right now
1: yeah I mean I said it I said it about two years ago when when you could see the squad falling apart they need that third wave of Galacticos now where where they spend big right like they did with Ronaldo and Luka Modric yeah and all this and Kaká and all this and they brought in all those, those star the players, players at the once right and then they <laughs> and have a the system for the, the next world. couple of years you're gonna I think you're gonna <laughs> see that next summer but I w- on, I w- they might
0: not be able to do that because of the new rules. And last time they did that with Ronaldo and Kaká, it put them into debt.
1: Like they but care about being in debt. Right, fan.
0: right. They
2: got out of that like so quickly.
1: Any team cares about financial fair play should just look at what City was able to do, and then they do it again. It's exactly. $100 million on Financial fair play is a joke. It's like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> hey, why'd you do that? <laughs> right. System. Like... I, I will not. I will not be surprised if somehow they find money and all of a sudden Mbappe and Holland are both on Madrid's roster next summer. I will terrible. not be surprised whatsoever. That
0: will again be too many chefs and that's Too
2: true. many. That's too many. I think they would true. work
1: because it's it's two players that are like minded that are going for trophies that they haven't yet won. They they both are going to have that focal point of Champions League needs to happen.
3: I think they would step on each other's toes. Isn't that any? Players, isn't that any player? And
1: yeah, but Neymar. Like, Na, I, granted, at the professional level, every player is competitive. But striving for something you haven't yet achieved is going to give you that extra bit of drive and grit, right? <laughs> Neymar's already won it. Messi's already won it. Di Maria's already won it.
2: Yeah.
1: You know true. what I mean? Mbappe hasn't won it yet. You know. What I, so there's there's that extra bit of drive and want from him. I think. Yeah.
2: Sure. I agree. All right, I think so. I think, <coughs> one last thing. Sorry. I think we need to have oh, a go ahead. segment. Called Kurt's Hot Takes because started on the TikTok. That's our TikTok. No, that was Kurt's crazy. Hot Takes. Yeah, that
0: was Start up crazy. the art TikTok. Oh yeah, it's coming, baby. Because y'all are gonna hate me, boy, when I tell you the MLS is gonna have billions and billions. All right. So um, before we get out of here, I wanted to talk about some comments from, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin his name, even though we already talked about it before. Dirt kite. He said, and I quote. Jack Grealish went for $100 million to City. That's three times the value of what he's really worth. Now, I agree with him. I think Jack Grealish is the new overrated English star. England always does this with a player every couple of years. They always say this guy is the next great great star in the world. He's going to dominate. He's going to do whatever. It was Gareth Bale at one time. It was Harry Kane at one time. Uh, Who else was it? Uh, Harry Kane is a dog. Deli Ali. Is Delhi out? I mean, I don't know. But you know, they always do these with—they always do this with certain players, where we give them a price tag that just isn't equivalent to their talent. I believe that this is why, and again, we need a salary cap because these players are going for far more money than Ronaldinho ever went, and I honestly think, outside of Messi and Ronaldo, Messi and CR7, Ronaldo's the best player there's ever been. So, for these guys to have the price tag that they can't. That I think they don't. They don't even. They're not even half as good as Ronaldinho is. To have that. T- to have that type of price tag is ridiculous. Too. What do you guys think?
1: I think well, obviously there's more money in the game now, right? Yeah. The, the inflation is a big part of it because Ronaldo, when he went to Real Madrid, was what 80 million, I believe it was, and at the time it was a record fee. And then when Pogba transferred, it was another record fee, right? It's it's there's more money available and more financial backing from foreign owners to splash that money it's one of those things where they have so much money they don't care what the number is going to be and the clubs that they're asking or know this and they're going to say no this is the price so 100 million for jack Grealish. and i think a lot of it also is that like you said the overhyping of english players right so when you when you buy jack Grealish, what are you what are you looking to get from him like are you looking to get goals work ethic like because if it's goals he only has like three two or three goals for them in all in all appearances right so it can't be goals, right? It's got to be the work ethic. What you saw in the Euros from him is, is is grinding out, changing the game. It's it's one of those things where, like when Pogba got transferred to United, of if you don't watch the game and you only look at the game statistically, are you getting what you're what you're paying for him? Pogba was was playing in a six position, right, the holding mid position, and really dictating and changing games with long searching passes. Penetrating passes, changing the game that way, but on the statistics side, it doesn't show. So, is is did City buy him at that point to, to bag goals and assists, or did they buy him for that dynamic that he offers of the work ethic and the ability to change games on how he plays? Is
0: that worth hundred million? But it, I, for- am I? I
1: don't think any player is worth a hundred million. To be fair, I think I think oh, the, I- the, the the transfer fees have gotten so outrageous that it's it's just going to continue to con- and continue to grow. There, there's no one on this earth worth $100 million plus salary, right? Some of these guys are on, like, close to half a million a week on salary. Yeah. Like, that's Holland-ish. ridiculous. That's no. No player <laughs> is worth that.
0: And to, like, even back up to, like, the transfer fees and stuff, I tried to explain the transfer fee, like, rules to somebody who doesn't play soccer. And then when you, ta- when you explain it, it doesn't make sense. Because what was the response to me when I was explaining how you could just buy someone and it's called a transfer fee is, so wait, they don't have a contract with the team they're already on that they can't get out of, no matter what, until it's over? And I was like, no. Any, anybody can buy a player at any time in European soccer. In soccer. Wait, what?
3: They have to accept the fee, though. They have
0: to accept the fee, but like, you yeah. know how there's a CBA where when you're locked into a contract, you're locked into a contract unless you get cut, and the team wants right. to take a hit against their salary cap. Right. And to a person who doesn't understand soccer, obviously in America, a transfer just doesn't make sense at all.
1: Yeah, because they're used to the trade-to-trade system. Yeah,
0: used to a trade and free agency system. Yeah, which honestly fares well in terms of financial stability for teams and leagues. But with that being said, a hundred million for anybody who is not a Bondy or a bon hopeful is ridiculous.
1: Or a proven player. Or a proven,
0: yeah, like a proven uh, player.
1: Give Give me somebody that like, like Josh just said, a, a Holland. Holland's proven he can get you goals. Right, he can shoulder the burden. Right, Neymar. Uh, suarez right these players maybe not suarez now obviously because he's on the older side but these are players that have proven they can change the dynamic of teams and provide you wins and positions of opportunity right carry you to league victories so for for somebody coming from a club that he hasn't really proven much uh, other than being a big fish in a little pond in my opinion a hundred million is just absolutely outrageous and it's a factor of Man City having more money than they know what to do with because they were talking about spending upwards of 150 million to 200 million for Harry Kane as well. And I don't know why Tottenham didn't do it because that would have been an amazing deal of business on their part. Because now look what he's providing for them. You know what I mean?
0: I wouldn't Uh, say I wouldn't pay more than 40
1: for Harry Kane to be honest with you. I I would say 60 at best. His value is going down,
0: it is going way down. (laughs)
3: Unless he starts scoring like crazy. Yeah, he's
0: got to he's got make a run to prove he's worth that kind of money at this point after the whole thing he had going on with them during the beginning of the season where he didn't want to show up to training. Yeah. But, again, Dirk Kyle's right. And I think Dirk Kyle's coming from a position where he feels in his mind, like I'm saying, he's played with far better players who've been sold for less money.
1: Luis
3: Suarez. I, yeah. <laughs> I just I think it's weird that they wanted Grealish when they already had Foden. Like, yeah, He's yeah. a way better player in my eyes than Grealish. Look, is. look at the Maybe depth, not no. strength
1: Pep, wise. Pep, Pep always wants multiple options, right? It's like when when Jose got sacked, and he was talking about how when um, uh, Pep went out and bought a keeper and Claudio Bravo, and then didn't want Claudio Bravo anymore, and then went out and bought Ederson, and then he bought he spent all the money on a back four, and then he decided he wanted another back four. Right? It's it's what Pep wants. Pep gets. And Man City's going to continue to, to provide the financial support for it. Yeah,
3: cause they're doing good. They're that good? <laughs> cause they money. Yeah, I they're mean, I mean, I, I,
2: don't think, know. I think, I think, I think three times too much is kind of wild. Like,
0: but no, I agree. Well, yeah, maybe three. Yeah, times three
2: times, times too much wild. is kind of wild. I would say for Jack Grealish coming off of the Euros, that honestly he should have started everything. But he was a superstar. That's sub. a whole nother conversation. He was. I know. I know. I know. Gary Southgate's choice is a whole other topic. I know. But coming coming off of his Euro tournament, I think honestly, I think forty five,
3: fifty would have been a great price tag for Jack.
1: Reasonable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah.
3: But I think the reason he went for so much one was because City had the City money, had and two was because Aston Villa didn't want him to let him go. Right. They didn't want to let him go. He I mean, why would you? He was their best player. On, their, on yeah. that so, team? Yeah, on that team, game. why would you? Right. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I mean, and most a lot of their goals, I think, came from Grealish, either assist or just scoring. Right, which is right. which is what he, so, I feel like he brings more to more so to this team than
2: more other players. Like, I, I feel like him and, him and Raheem Sterling work so well together. Like, Raheem Sterling knows, like, oh, Jackie's going to get me the ball. Like, I'm not worried about it. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, And we know Raheem Sterling doesn't like to pass the ball or get assists. Uh, That's what it seems like. Did you see it? That's what it
0: seems like. uh, I feel like Raheem Sterling is one of those players that if he was the focal point of a team, you'd see a completely different Raheem Sterling. But he's never been the focal point of a team. He's always been on a team with better players. I
2: I would compare Jack Grealish to somebody like Serge Gnabry, who I would pay more money for Serge Gnabry than I would pay for Jack Grealish at Bayern. That's just me.
3: Uh, there's just so many better players yeah. on um, Manchester City. Yeah, 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 that they didn't pay. That didn't pay much for. Right, exactly. Yeah, like Mares, better player. Foden, better player. I think. Um, they could have. They could have paid and one then, and Got me. And then Bernardo, Bernardo <laughs> is probably their best player, as far as playmaking. Who is just Bernardo Silva? You you rate him over
1: mm. Kevin De Bruyne? Mm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, all right. All right. New y'all segment. Don't agree, I don't know, can, y'all we don't need to start up a fan. We need new to start segment. up a Josh hot take. Josh hot take. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> no. Kevin, you Kevin De Bruyne is arguably the best best ten in the world right now. <laughs> I'm gonna disagree. No, who maybe, do you? Here's why. Who, who do you rate above him? Who do I rate? See, above him? See, you them? don't have an answer. Yeah. So yeah, wait, I do. yeah. No. No. I do. No. I'm talking about Curtis. Curtis is looking dumbstruck right
0: now. I was about to say. I got to think about it. I have to really do some research and think about it. But I just, I hate the, the whole De Bruyne is a player that. All right, here's, here's what I'm going to say De Bruyne is a player that's good. He just was never going to work out with Chelsea. And I'm tired of the narrative being that Chelsea can't handle its stars. And that's why I have a disdain for De Bruyne. How many players but,
1: leave big clubs and go to other clubs and succeed? Like, that's yeah, just. But that's comes everywhere, up, man. But I wouldn't it be comes surprised for, they on come it.
0: for Chelsea too much with it. And that's why I have this ill will towards De Bruyne in a sense. Like, I think he's great do I think he would have ever done that with Chelsea no same thing with Salah I don't really care yeah. how people say Salah is the greatest whatever they want to say he's not he couldn't be that with Chelsea and that's why I, nah. that's why I feel the way I feel about these so players. you would say they're Tammy good, Abraham over Kevin Bruyne in a heartbeat Take. But they're two
3: totally different players. I know, but yeah, I'm no, just they they <laughs> He's
0: trying to troll. He's yeah. trying to troll, but I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking Curtis, Abraham. why would you say yes why? to that? <laughs> because <Abraham laughs> I, I, I the GOAT. The... I mean, Abraham is the GOAT.
1: <laughs> I, I wouldn't be upset <laughs> if I were you, Kurt, because it's it's a credit to the players that Chelsea are able to produce yeah. from the youth yeah. level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Pogba yeah. left United and became one of the best players in the world, right? True. Same thing with, with Lukaku for you guys. He left and became one of the best strikers in the world. Now, it just so happens he came back to the club, but I think it's a credit to what Chelsea's able to produce. I wouldn't take it as an offense when they come at you guys because they can't handle the stars or whatever. That's, I take just, media. That's just media being media, dude. <laughs> That's just media being media. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it should detract from the, the players' abilities because Mo is one of the best wing players in the world right now. You know what I mean? Kevin De Bruyne, one of the best midfielders in the world. Lukaku, one of the best strikers in the world. So this is that's a, like obviously they went out and got experience elsewhere, but the foundation in which allowed them to do that was from Chelsea. You know what I mean? True, true.
0: Before we get out of here, I do I do want to ask since we have two Man United fans in the room.
1: Oh God, here we go. <laughs> I saw
0: uh, I saw a little picture, a photo, a nice Photoshop picture of Zidane in a suit standing next to Ronaldo at Old Trafford. You guys think that's gonna happen? I don't yeah, think no. it
1: happens this year and here's why I think they've invested now too much this past summer to to not give Ollie the time with the team I think do I think he can readily produce silver this year no I think he's taken steps in the right direction for us and he's really brought back the, the, the atmosphere and the the overall mindset of what United has been in the past right so I saw a picture the other day from Ferguson's first six seasons at United. He only finished second once, and everything else was under that. There was one that I believe was 13th, 12th, or 13th. I think it's very, very hard. And I said the same thing when Frank Lampard got sacked. I think the, 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 the game, how it is now, and how under the microscope players and managers are, it's very, very hard. You're never going to see another Sir Alex Ferguson where it's a one-club man, and he drives a club for, for 28 years, okay? I think Ollie's the best chance that United have at that, and there's aside from Mourinho, but Mourinho produced trophies. He didn't produce a team. Yeah. He filled gaps, he plug-and-played, and he had nothing prepared for the future, right? Nothing. I think David Moyes wasn't given, uh, given enough time either, and to be fair, whoever was going to be that successor to Ferguson was... Doomed. They were always on their way out. There was no team, there was no there was no manager in the world, and there's still no manager in the world that could have taken that team that Ferguson left and won with. At all. You had aging players and you had a lot of holes that needed to be filled. The shining point of that team was Robin Van Persie. And then under Moyes, and then under Van Gaal as well, did not perform well. Right? So that was your 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 spearhead at that point. You have an aging Rooney coming into the team, you have an aging Rio Ferdinand, an aging Domanian Vidic, right? No, no manager could have managed that team and, and gotten results. Obviously, the most successful we've been has been with Mourinho, but Mourinho has that, I can win you games, but I can't build you a team kind of thing. Like He's not going to build you a team for the long term. You saw it at Chelsea, you saw it at Madrid, and you saw it at United. I think Roma's going to be a great fit for him, but he's a very much short term coach. I think if, if United are focused on the long term and keeping the United DNA intact, that Ollie's going to stay for at least another two to three years. Now, that's contingent upon does he make deep runs in tournaments and silverware, right? Does he finish top four? If he doesn't finish top four, he's sacked. He will if United do not get Champions League soccer, it, he's gone. It's just at this point, it's unacceptable with the squad he has. But Ronaldo, Ronaldo will literally drag the squad by the scruff of the neck to Champions League soccer, right? There, there's too. Much, I don't think he knows what to do. His tactics at times look chaotic, and I'm I'm not sure what his tactics are. I would love to see us just run in a true 4-3-3 instead of the 4-2-3-1 because it's what we've had success with in the past. But you don't know what's working behind the scenes, right? We haven't heard anything in terms of player backlash yet, which we heard numerous times under Mourinho. right? Pogba coming out numerous times, saying it and getting pushed back. Now you have the, the whole situation of Pogba hasn't settled up on a contract yet, but I think he's trying to see where everybody else lands before that happens in terms of what's going on with Real Madrid because that Real Madrid there... Offer is going to be there, and it's going to always be there for him. So I think he's trying to see, because if if I'm Paul Pogba, I'm very excited with what I have around me in terms of Bruno, in terms of a young Greenwood, in terms of Rashford, in terms of Ronaldo being up top and Cavani being up top, right?
2: Lingard. Ever- Lingard,
1: yeah. These are all players he grew up with or he idolized growing up with, right? At a club that he has a special spot in his heart. But to keep Pogba intact, which is a very vital part of that team, something needs to start happening whether it be deep runs into tournaments and silverware or more players coming in. I think Ronaldo coming in was a huge part, and I also think Bruno coming in and performing the way he did when we signed him allowed us to keep Pogba, because had Bruno not come in and performed how he has, which is the fastest uh, midfielder to uh, 50-goal, what's the the term, involvements in Premier League history, he just hit that. I think it's like 20 goals and 30 assists or something like that. I think Bruno is a lifeline for United, and I think if Pogba stays, Ali has a big and and integral midfield to build around, right? You only have Ronaldo for two to three years. But in that two to three years, think of what he can teach Greenwood, who is probably one of the best finishers on the team, if not the best finisher on the team. You know what I mean? So, if getting out of the Mourinho stage, if Zidane was on the table, I would have said yes, go for Zidane. At this point... I don't want to go for Zidane because at that point we become a revolving door of managers more so than we already are. You know what I mean? I'm tired of seeing yeah. every two to three mm-hmm. years a new manager coming in and they think it's going to be the end all and be all. And then we don't want to give him time to, to fully flesh out his his philosophy or idea. And then it's like, oh, we need somebody new. Like it's so frustrating as a fan to like go on Twitter and see like all the out, all the out, all the out. When in like you go like click somebody's Twitter that says that and like two weeks ago they're praising the guy. I, and. I, it's just it's just really annoying to me. Welcome to being a new and guy. it's because
3: lo- people can't handle losing. Yeah, and
1: to so
0: go on that, I do agree with you. With when Sir Alex Ferguson left, like Moyes had no shot, and it was crazy to me because I thought Moyes was a great manager. The I agree. problem was they didn't give him the opportunity. And when Van Gaal came in, and then you ran the records side by side, Moyes' first couple months were better than Van Gaal's first couple months, and it was yep. like, well, maybe you should have kept them. And I think honestly, if they had just been patient with Moyes. He, would, he could have been the next Alex Ferguson, but, you know, it was never going to happen. It was always... He's uh, done he was very well at Western. It. Yeah, he's... Post-Manchester yeah. post United, he's still had a great career as a
1: manager. Yeah, and, and the, I think Ferguson saw the writing on the wall because in Ferguson's post-game uh, speech at his last game, was, he was like, your job's to stand by the new manager now. Because he probably already heard whisperings of, you know, we're giving this guy X amount of time and if we can't get results, he's gone, sort of thing. Because he, he knew what it was going to be after being there for 30 years. You know fans grew up only knowing united finishing one or two you know what i mean like being competitive in the champions league winning trebles you know so you take fans that weren't born in the era or weren't alive for the era where united was struggling you know between like the busby babes and and ferguson and there it's it's plastic fans right like they don't understand anything about winning in my opinion like lakers well, they also yeah exactly and and, and then the lakers have kind of gone through the same the same kind of run right like they had the kobe era where they were winning and competitive every year, and then like towards the end of his career, they're down and now they're back up. But at, at every season, the Lakers are looking for a new head coach. They're looking for the next star player. They want trades. So I mean, it's it's it's, calc- it's a big game of patience.
3: It, it takes time to build chemistry in the team, um, and you know, constantly switching coaches doesn't help that. I don't think because you're constantly being told something different or how that you should play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then, um, like Mike said. Moyes was left with you know aging players so I mean what do you what do you do in that situation like you have to build a whole new team you can't buy all new players at once you have to work players in so and it's just easier <coughs> to add one or two players and get them situated with a you know fully fleshed out team than it is a whole new team
0: and to be fair that's across all sports you
3: know the managers in the front office
0: it's a rather you than me situation where they just get rid of the coach instead of giving him a chance to become a, a dominant coach, giving him a chance to build a dynasty. And that's a, and it, it's a sad part of the sports, but it's just the reality of the situation where you, these guys aren't necessarily the bad coaches. They're just you got to give it time. These, these players have to build a rapport with the coach because you just had Sir Alex Ferguson for 30 years. Anybody that came into that system knew who Alex Ferguson was, knew what he had done, so they gave him the respect. You're not going to get that respect if you're the, if you're David Moyes, their first year coach and they're going to be like you're not you're
1: not Fergie. Yeah. What do and you, that's what a, do you and that's another thing too. When a new manager comes in, it's not just the first team that changes. It's the whole coaching staff from top to bottom. So youth academy and everything changes. How you're developing the players and what system they're playing, everything changes. So when you when you're constantly changing these managers, these guys are these young kids are getting different like systems that they're learning to play within, but you're not creating any consistency for yeah. when they get to the top where they're not the finished product that can just slot into a system. You know what I mean?
0: Whenever there's a new coach, that's always what happens. I agree yeah. with you. Because even like with Frank Lampard, a lot of players just got put to the wayside. Rudiger wasn't getting that play time with Frank Lampard. And now look at him. He's looking like one of the best Peace. defenders in the EPL. Yep. So it's just the new system. He systems, always
1: was. He's was always I Agreed,
0: so. but for a while, you forgot about him. You forgot he was on the team. I didn't even know who he was. You know? then he got injured. He got injured, didn't he? He got injured, yeah. but, they were, but under Lampard, he just wasn't playing.
1: I think I think the biggest thing is it's just a product of the modern game, right? Where like we talked about earlier, it, the game is more accessible, so there's more pressure put on players and coaches and and teams to to make changes if if something's not happening. I think the average fan is more of a fair weather fan that they expect their team to always be winning. Instant gratification, right? But realistically, there there's there's long term effects to that to where you're not getting any consistency from teams In your youth academy. You're just you. You say this isn't working. I want to change it, but you don't want to give it time to to see if it works. As as a United fan, this is the most excited I've ever been for a team. Obviously, I do have qualms with with certain choices here and there, right? Like I'm tired of seeing Fred in the midfield. I'd rather see Donny Vanderbeek go in and stink up the game and be given the opportunity to run 90 minutes. But that's that's something that once again, I don't think average fans realize that. These managers and coaches see these players seven days a week, right? We don't see training behind the scenes. We don't see what they see. So DVB might be just absolutely atrocious in training, right? And I don't know that. But all I see is Fred on the pitch on, on Saturday or Sunday and just making mistakes left and right. And and quite possibly during the week that was DVB. And that's why he's not being been selected in the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, there's there's layers to this that the average fan, I don't think, really take into account. They just want, you know what, this isn't working. Let's get this at on. Because what if Zidane comes in and then completely stinks the place up? Then where do we go? Who's available for for him to come in and manage? You know what I mean?
0: If Zidane goes in there and stinks it up, I don't think anybody else wants the job. This exactly. Gonna be, the place is going to be placed. The place going to go be back to being placed on the Glazers or certain players. Yeah. One or the other. So it's like, so if you if you bring in a Zidane, it sets you up for you either win or this is going to get far worse for the for the yep. club as a whole. Absolutely, and, they've all, and Manchester United has already been a club of so many problems as of recently. I don't know if you want that, and you don't want to. You want to be in those, have that pressure of okay, we brought in Zidane, and now we're not winning anything still. So where do we go from here?
1: And that was the thing, right? Like for for the longest time, as a United fan, we were sitting and pointing and laughing at Chelsea for 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 they wouldn't get a result, or for instance like Di Matteo, right? Gets them, wins the Champions League, correct? -hmm. And then get sacked for not winning the league, and it's like a, it's like a, uh ah, you guys are switching managers every season kind of thing. But like now, that's us. you know what I mean. Like that's that's what it's become. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild.
0: But um, that's all the time we have for this week's episode. We went way over. We're almost a full ninety. We out here. Uh, (laughs) Before we get out of here, you can find me at Common Courtesy on Instagram, Twitter. Don't forget to follow Art Soccer Collective. Where can they find you guys at?
1: I don't want him to find me. Uh, <laughs> Ka- uh, Cali Cags on Twitter, Instagram, and twitch.tv slash Callie C A L I C A G S. Window?
2: I'm at Real Window Jr. on Instagram, Twitter. And if anybody knows anybody that knows anybody that knows Justin Lingard, slide in my DMs. I'm trying to get a J Ling's. I'm trying to get the J Ling's t shirt. I'm trying to rock all the swag. Side in my DMs, let me know.
3: Are you in Europe? You're a United fan now. No, United no, no, no. J. Ling.
2: J. J-, J- uh, links J- 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 uh, What I what I hear is a J. Ling sponsorship are, for Arc Soccer. Is what <laughs> that's I. That's what, what I hear. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, Fund us. Gosh,
3: <laughs> what's your social security number <laughs> before you got out of here?
1: Right.
3: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, that's easy to remember. I don't even have to write that down.
1: <laughs> Wait, where can they find you, fool?
3: <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at superjosh.org. Or that's it. Underscore something cool, cool. all <laughs> right and that has been the arc soccer collective
0: podcast for the week we will be off next week because it's another international break um don't forget to follow us on everything soundcloud apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts. we're everywhere arc soccer collective instagram arc CLT, google podcast TV. is that new older people listen so oh okay, okay. What? <laughs> all right <laughs> um until two weeks from now I'll see you guys take care Later.